Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Do you appreciate your pastors this morning? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Had the opportunity last year to preach uh, Pastor Appreciation here as well, and um, I counted a privilege to be asked again. I know there's uh, far more qualified candidates to preach uh, this morning, and so I'm humbled to be invited back. And uh, I want to preach to us today um, a burden I have on my heart. You know, as a pastor, there's, there's literally one overarching desire that we have for the members of our church and the congregation, it's this, we want you to make it to heaven. That's the goal. And all the other things that come along with this journey that we are on and, and serving Christ, the, the goal is heaven. The goal is eternity. And so this morning, as, as we focus on, uh, on the message, I want to preach to you some things that as a pastor, um, and I know uh, Pastor Joe's heartbeat, as a pastor, we want our members to remember. We want them to know that there are some things that we must be focused on uh, as believers in this last hour. And I'm telling you, church, if you look around at the seasons, I'm not talking about just the, the seasons that are changing in, in the natural, but the spiritual realm, the seasons that are changing, and they're changing fast, are pointing us to the return of Christ. Amen. And church, it's, it's time to be ready. It's time to be ready. Praise the Lord. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10. <clears throat> book of Hebrews, chapter number 10. We're going to be reading verse 35 to verse 39. Praise the Lord. Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 35 says... Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. That word uh, perdition literally means destruction. We are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. We're going somewhere, church. We are going somewhere. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus, when talking to the disciples in the book of Luke, is speaking to Peter. And he says, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Strengthen thy brethren. I want to preach to us this morning on a pastor's message to our pastors. A pastor's message to our pastors. 
We would be foolish this morning if we were to not believe that we're in the midst of warfare, that everything is just perfect. The reality is that you and I, if we have been serving the Lord for a day or for 50 years, we are engaging in a supernatural battle. There's a battle that we are in every day. It's a battle for eternity. Uh, The stakes are high. The cost is your soul. And the enemy is out to destroy you. Amen. Anybody fought the enemy this week? Anybody battled uh, temptation this week? Anybody struggled in their own life this week? The reality is you and I are in the midst of a battle. It's a real thing. But we cannot forget that our pastors are also in a battle. And that there's a target on their back, not only because the enemy would love to hang them as a trophy on his proverbial wall, but the reality is that if a shepherd is wounded, sheep scatter. Now, I'm not trying to uh, be demeaning this morning, but I, if I could say it like this, I is one. You know, I am sheep. I I, I have a pastor over me, and I'm thankful for that. And you as a a church should should recognize the wonderful blessing that it is to have a shepherd for your soul that cares about you. Thank you, Brother Matt. I'll take that. Amen all day. You have a shepherd who's concerned with your well-being. The enemy knows that. Just as Jesus gave a prophetic word to Peter, I'd like to echo the same scripture to us today. And he repeated his name twice for emphasis. Simon, Simon. The next word, behold, listen up. Satan hath desired to have you. Why? He must sift you as wheat. The idea there and the imagery there is that there would be some grains that had been cast into the millstone and ground into such a powder that it was unrecognizable from its original state. You know, I've seen a lot of pastors and preachers throughout the years who have been under such a heavy attack and a heavy burden of responsibility placed upon their shoulders that it wasn't very long until you started to see them crack and and their families are falling apart and their mind is falling apart and they end up falling by the wayside because of the immense pressure that they're facing on a daily basis. The Bible said that in, in the book of Hebrews we read it, cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. My first point is this today, that we as pastors, and Pastor Joe and Sister Polly, you must learn to cast your cares, not your confidence. Because in the midst of your trials and in the midst of the pressure, we must understand Jesus still cares for us. Beloved in here, you must remember that the Bible says casting all your care upon Him. Why? He cares for us. He understands what we're facing. He understands the trial. He understands the pressure. And the enemy would love to come and destroy your life and and wreak havoc in your life. But Jesus has called us to remember that we can lay all of our burdens down at the cross. Had a young man that came to the church the other day, first time he's ever been. 
and uh, responded in the altar and was weeping and praying. And when he got up, was just asking him, you know, what's going on in your life? And, and, and I, I noticed you're crying. Tell me, you know, uh, did the Lord help you today? And he said, yeah, he did. And he said, I, I've been praying. And I was, I was asking, I said, you know, if there's a God, would you just speak to me? Would you speak to me personally? Would you show me that you're there? And this young man, never met him before, and I don't, he hasn't been back since. I think he was visiting maybe some friends or family that day. But he said these words, powerful statement. He said, and he did. And he did. He spoke to me this morning. Can I tell you this morning, God wants to speak to your life and remind you that he really does care. That he really is concerned about what's going on in your world. Pastor, he's concerned about you. He's not just concerned about the church, which he is. But he's concerned about you personally. And may we as a church create an atmosphere where it's not just us that are receiving help on a weekly basis. But that we understand that our pastors need that supernatural fresh touch from the Lord as well. And that we create an atmosphere where they are allowed to be human and reach out to the cross recognize our need sister Sarah and not to embarrass her but the other night we uh, were in service and the Lord began to minister to her life and she testified about it Sunday night how that she was just needing that special touch again even in her world and we as pastors recognize we need God too hallelujah amen we're engaged in warfare the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Beloved, it is not uncommon for your pastor to know what it means to be tired, to know what it means to feel weakness. I know Pastor Joe is Superman. I do believe that. But even Superman had kryptonite. And friends, we must be willing To allow our pastors to have the opportunity to lay their cares down as well. I want to see hands right now. In the last year, how many, in the last year, how many members of this church you have called your pastor at least once to share a burden of your life? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. You know, it's hard when we have our own issues, right? Anybody anybody got issues? Sister Sarah, don't raise your hand talking about me. Praise the Lord. Uh, we've got issues. People have issues, right, that we're dealing with. Whether it's a boss, Sister Parker, yay and amen. Been there. You know, or things are not going right, or the car's broken down for the third time this month, or whatever the issue is. We just feel that need to share it, and it feels so good. It's so wonderful knowing you've got somebody in the Lord that's praying for you. And doesn't it, isn't it great when you get that text message from a friend or a brother and sister in the Lord and they just said, hey, you're on my heart today. I'm praying for you. I'm behind you. I'm with you. The Lord uses that as an encouragement. Can I tell you, it would do your pastors a world of good if they were to receive a text ever so often that just said, Pastor, I went to my prayer closet this morning and I wanted you to know I'm battling for you. I'm praying for you. I'm there for you. I want 
want you to know I'm behind you. Amen. We understand that we are able to cast our cares on the Lord, but not throw away our confidence. Amen. The enemy would love to destroy the vision, destroy the goal, destroy the dreams of this church that God has given your pastor. But can I tell you, friend, we can build up his confidence without having to destroy, amen, what the enemy would love to destroy. Hold on to your confidence, pastor. Hold on. Secondly, we pastor patiently. Oh, God, help me preach this one. We pastor with patience. Amen. The Bible said you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The Bible says that in the book of Luke, Jesus spake a parable, said a a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon, and he found none. Then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Just cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? All right, so that's the Lord of the vineyard. And, and, uh, but there, there was, he had placed a, a gardener over his vineyard. And that gardener said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and, and dung it, fertilize it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. Isn't it amazing the level of patience that is required when working with people? Anybody? Anybody work with people? I mean, if you're alone in a cubicle all day, then great. That's wonderful. But for the majority of us, we have to interact with these things called humans. Right? I work in a profession that, that I, I see a lot of different people and a lot of different experiences. But for the majority of the day, I work in a, um, a classroom with, with children who have physical handicaps and mental handicaps, and, and uh, it can require patience, right? Anybody got kids? Your kid's perfect? My kid uh, snotted on me already today since I've been here, you know? You got to have Patience. But in the ministry, it requires an even uh, another level of patience because when you're working with people, the reality is things don't go as we would like them to go every time. And the principle that is taught here in this parable is this. There was a man who wanted to see fruit when he wanted to see it. But there was a gardener who had been working with that tree who understood the growth and development and And he wasn't willing to give up on it yet. It's not bearing fruit. It's not being productive. It's literally there taking up space. Friend, please don't fall out with me just yet. But I have known people in my entire life who have been at my church who have been space taker-uppers. 
Don't bring anything to the dinner. Don't show up for the work day. Don't join any ministry. They literally breathe the oxygen in the room, and that's about it. And it is frustrating sometimes. I'm not preaching about y'all. I might be venting right now. That's okay. It is frustrating sometimes when you are desiring to see fruit year after year, service after service. But can I tell you, Jesus loves those space takers too. And he wants us to be patient and, and give it another season. Oh, Lord, give us another service. Give us another revival. Give us another devotion. Give us another Sunday school class. Because one of these days, after planting and sowing and sowing and, and fertilizing and, and giving it time, we're going to see fruit happen. Oh, that owner of the vineyard said, man, just cut it down. Cut it down. They're getting on my nerves. Cut them down. You know, they're bothering me. They're not responding the way I want them to respond. They're not doing what I want them to do. Wouldn't it just be easier sometimes to just be rude when, when you've been hurt? I mean, wouldn't it be easier, Pastor, just to have a harsh word? And yet you know that tree is valuable because you may not see the fruit yet, but the seed is already taking root. And a lot of times in the ministry, we, we look around at the peripheral and, and we judge our success by what is happening in the immediate. Anybody ever been there? You know, we hit the wrong note on the, on the piano or we sing the wrong note or, or we, we knock on a door and somebody uh, shuts the door in our face or we, we reach out and it's rebuffed. And so in that immediate, we're not seeing the fruit we want to see. And so it becomes a discouraging season. But can I tell you, God sees below the surface. He knows the heart. He understands what's going on. He recognizes what's happening and he knows that fruit is on on its way. Oh, keep going, Pastor. Patiently giving to your people, knowing that fruit is coming and the harvest is just around the corner and we're about to see, amen, the reward for the labor. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Polly grew up on a farm and I find it uh, intriguing. The other night we, we got to go out with, with uh, Brother Sister Parker to... Um, Young's Jersey Dairy, and, and my kids were just enthralled with every animal, and, and Sister Polly's given us detailed step-by-step -step instructions on what should be happening, what is happening, um, you know, how they could improve, and I'm like, okay, go ahead, open up your own farm, you know, uh, telling us how, how they should be milking the cows and, and what season this pig's in and all that, and just that, that farm life is in her, Right? I think that's great. I grew up on a farm, and we didn't do anything. <laughs> we, we leased out our land. Uh, I've, never far, I've never tilled a thing in my life. But I lived on a farm, so I feel so connected. <laughs> you know? But I have no experience whatsoever when it comes to farming. And I'm like, yeah, you know, full agreement. I just don't know. I do know this, though. Um, growing up on where we lived, we were completely surrounded by fields on all four sides. And, uh, and it really stunk sometimes during the year, physically, I'd be being honest with you. Because they'd be tilling the fields, and then they'd be fertilizing it. And then there was just that period of time where you're like, man, I, no wonder nobody wants to come over to our house, you know? 
And because that season is there where it's just, it's, it's, it's not productive. There's really nothing else to do, right? You, the, the, the farmer's come out, he's, he's turned over the soil, he's planted the seed, he's fertilized it, and now it just takes time. It just, it does. You can't rush it. You can pray that God sends rain at the right time. You can pray for good, beautiful, sunny days to help it grow. But it's out of your control. And that is a terrifying thought when we don't have control over every situation. But I can tell you this, our farmers that would come and when it was time to, to reap the harvest, they'd work all night. They, once once the, those farmers found out you could put lights on a tractor, their world changed. Right? And our world did for about three days because you'd be all night, you know, just, I mean, they're, they're pulling it in. No corn stalk left, man. Pulling it in. They'd work all night until they got every bit of that harvest that they could. Because they were willing to lose sleep over what was valuable to them. That harvest meant something. It meant feeding their family for a year. It meant, you know, being able to plant another crop next year. You know, I've, I've known your pastors long enough to know that they are willing to be tired for your sake. Willing to go out beyond their own limitations so that they can see the harvest spread before them and, and reap it. Pastor, I want to remind you that in those tiring seasons, the reward will far outweigh the moments when we feel like giving up or we're tired. The Bible says that there's a reward for the righteous we see it here. He said, you have need of patience that after you have done, after, after you have done the will of God, then you might receive the promise. You know, fulfilling God's will in our lives on a daily basis can sometimes seem so menial, and yet it fulfills such a wonderful blessing in our life. To be faithful to God's will is to be a follower, a true, devoted follower of Christ. And as we learned even in our Sunday school lesson uh, in the adult class this morning, we learn that following after the will of God may even lead us into situations that are uncomfortable and not friendly to our confines. And yet, God still is with us all the way. And can I tell you that there is a reward for those who are faithful to the call of God and to His will. There is a reward for those who follow in God's footsteps, who stay faithful to the little things things. There is a reward. What is it, beloved? He tells us here, the just shall live by faith. Why? Because yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. Amen. We must be reminded this morning that God is the ultimate God who has called us to be faithful in this field, faithful in this church, faithful in this harvest. God, who is greater than us, has called us to be His. The Bible says that there was a Lord over a house, very wealthy, who went on a journey and, and put, put some men in charge of some things while he was gone. And he, he gave to one ten talents. He gave to one five, and he gave to another one talent. And he said, use wisely what I've given you. So he left. 
And the man with ten went out, invested the ten, and he got ten back. The man with five went out, invested the five, and got a return as well. But the man that had won, he said, I knew that you were an austere man, a, a, a man that is very uh, strict, and so I was afraid to do anything with what you gave me, and I buried it, and here's your one back. And the man that had ten, he elevated to a position of authority because he used wisely what he had been given. The same with the man that had five, but the man that had one talent, he said, you knew my character, and yet you did nothing with what I gave you to use. He kicked him out, and he faced punishment. Can I tell you, beloved, that your pastor has been given some great gifts. Your pastor's wife is, is, uh, is very blessed. Sister Sarah leaned over to me in, in service earlier and said, man, she's like a wordsmith, you know. And she just has a great gift of words. And you have great pastors. And they've been given a lot of gifts. And I'm so thankful they're using them for the Lord. Friends, we must allow our pastors to speak into our lives, ministering to us through the, the word of the Lord. The reality is Jesus is coming soon. He's going to take an account for all that has been done. You know, I've, I've heard it recently used so much in, in an argument, and I, it, it boggles my mind. They say, you know, nobody can judge me. Only God can judge me. You ever heard that? Anybody ever heard that? Only God can judge me? Does that not terrify you? Does that not shake you to the core? You see, the Bible says that uh, ministers... Pastors are going to give an account for those that have been placed under their charge. And so they, they with gladness, they, they lead and they guide because they know that they are answering to a God that keeps record. Now, if you are, are just uh, a lazy good for nothing and, and you're supposed to clean the house and you haven't done anything your parents have said and then all of a sudden you hear them pulling in the driveway and then you go into turbo clean mode, anybody ever do that? Oh, I was the king of that. We had a gravel driveway, man. You hear the first rock, boom, you're on it. But you wasted time. You could have done better, right? And your, par- your parents know that. They come in, they're like, mm-hmm. They know. Your boss, you know, it's March Madness season. You've watched three basketball games already. You're supposed to have a report done. You click that button every time your boss comes by. You, they, they know, right? They know you're not doing your job. Only God can judge me. He's going to. He's going to. That's why your pastor's been in prayer. That's why your pastors have been staying up, praying for you, with you. That's why they're showing up at the hospital. That's why they're counseling. That's why they're preparing for services. That's why they're staying. That's why they're knocking on doors because they know they're going to give an account. But I'm thankful for this. There is a negative connotation if you've not been doing your job. But if you have been faithful, if you have been diligent, if you have been doing what God has called you to do, then all of a sudden, Sister Jesse, when I hear that God's coming back and he's going to bring a reward with him for those that are faithful, all of a sudden, 
sudden my spirit starts to stir inside of me because I may not have been the most talented, but God, I did what you called me to do. I may not have been the most gifted, but I used what you gave me to do something. And all of a sudden, he says, yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. And it reminds me that the Heavenly Father is about to send his son to take home the harvest that I've been weeping for him. Amen. I'm telling you, church, every soul that comes in, every family that's changed, every life that's made new is all given back to the glory of the Father. And when he comes, we're going to give it to him gladly. Oh, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We are not of them who draw back into perdition, destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. You've held on. You've done God's will. You've been faithful. And now the time has come for the reward. There's nothing quite like the harvest. Amen. There's nothing quite like the harvest when you see the fruit of your labor. And one of these days, we're going to stand before the throne of heaven. And your pastor's going to lay down his crowns for all those things that he's done that the Lord blessed him with. He's going to be able to look at the Lord and with gladness give back to Him all that God gave to their care. I'm so looking forward to eternity. You see, friends, we may never know on this side what has really gone on. We may never see the fruit, uh, the fruit come to pass in our own time. But there is coming a day when the one who has kept record, who has seen every phone call, who's watched every tear, who's known every text, who's seen every burden carried, he's going to give back to his people. And we're going to reap the greatest harvest we've ever known. And that's eternity. Standing around the throne of heaven, worshiping the Lord. Amen. What is it that the Lord will say to us on that day? Music, go ahead and come. What is it the Lord will say to us on that day? He'll say one of two things. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into thy reward. Or he'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. That's it. That's it. That's, that's all we're getting. The Lord's coming back soon. He's coming back for those that are watching. Those that are ready. Those that love Him with all of their heart. Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. So I'd say to you this morning, that reward is near. Keep going forward.